0: Welcome to the Heart Posture podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm Jazz and we are two curious ever learning teachers who continually find a deeper connection with Jesus on our yoga mats. We believe Jesus was the ultimate yoga teacher and while he may not have practiced handstands, he lived our favorite asana, the heart posture.
1: What's up, Jazz? Hey, Michelle. I <laughs> want to take some breath work together. Oh, please. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So, wherever you are, take a moment and pause. Take a moment to breathe with us, following each inhale and exhale. And imagine with each inhale that you are growing taller reaching up through the crown of your head. And with each exhale, you're letting the earth receive you. You're sinking into your seat. We'll do that a few more times. Inhaling as you lift. Exhaling as you sink. following your breath in and out. And then we'll take three cleansing breaths together. First, empty all of your air out, all of your prana, and inhale in. Big sigh of relief. Nice deep inhale. And even more complete exhale. Inviting prana in, inhale and let it all go. Exhale, add a little bit of movement to the body. We have arrived. Yay! And perfect with our topic today, but we like to start off every episode acknowledging the land that we are occupying. We are currently on the Tongva Kich Gabrielino land, And every time we reconcile this truth, we are spreading the knowledge that we should continue to bring awareness to the people who have come before us, the present generations of these original nations
0: and the generations to come. I just realized how perfectly that fits in with what we're talking today, which is non-stealing. Yes, (laughs) it's so perfect. (laughs) Because non-sealing is the
1: one of the yamas. It's the third yama. We've been breaking down the yamas and the niyamas. In our recent episode, we talked about satya. So speaking about truth, the one before that, we talked about ahimsa, which is living with compassion. Yeah. Remind us
0: what the yamas and niyamas are again.
1: Yes. So the yamas are going to be... Uh, ethical practices and how we relate to other people. And then the niyamas are going to be how we relate to ourselves. Sweet. So they are guidelines. And as we both have seen, every time we dive into this, we go, oh my gosh, the Bible talks about this. Jesus yeah, lived totally. this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, so azteya, the Sanskrit word, it actually, the A in front of it, it means the absence of. So when you take out the A, steya means to steal. Oh, it's like uh, ahimsa. Exactly. That's right. Got it. So yeah, so a steya is to not steal. But like not steal what? Well, we are going to talk about a lot of things to not steal today. (laughs) We have so much (laughs) to unpack here. I love that uh, when we look at the Sanskrit unpacking of this word, There's also another definition is not to misappropriate, to have integrity, to have honesty. And Mm. I love how uh, Deborah Dell also talks about. Recipre- reciprocity? <laughs> I have such a hard time with that word. Reciprocity.
0: Interesting about non stealing being related to non misappropriation, integrity, and honesty. Why? Why do you think that's interesting? I guess what I'm more curious, what I'm most curious about is non stealing being related to non misappropriation but i guess i had never thought about it in that way because as i'm connecting for example cultural appropriation right it's like stealing someone else's culture from a heart space not of respect but of indulgence yeah capitalism and greed yeah, yeah absolutely i mean
1: yoga is completely misappropriated not only and i mean the in the western western world
0: yeah for sure totally Maybe what are some things that we can look for in where we practice yoga or how we practice yoga to just start with non-stealing from this ancient spiritual practice? Well, first of
1: all, what we, we've we talked about before is that we talk about yoga as a philosophy and not just as asana, which is practicing on our mat. Right. So... That is like for one one of the most important ways is that we, and that's what we do, at least I do, I know you do too as teachers, when we are leading our students and holding space that we remind them of that every single time. Like right. this isn't, this is just a slice. I think that's one way for sure. Definitely. Uh, another way is being students always and continuing to dive into the philosophy of it so that we can continue to like share the roots and the richness of it versus the watered down version of it.
0: Yeah, if y'all would like some more resources on this, I know a huge help during our my 300 training was from Arundati, mm-hmm. and talking about the ways that we appropriate yoga, um, even in terms of yoga clothes and brands oh, yes. that use yoga to market their clothes, taking you know a pair of underwear and calling them. Shakti underwear (laughs) or calling, you know, your plain black leggings, Zen leggings, and then charging $95 for them. Right. That would be another example, right? Yeah. So
1: supporting businesses that are sustainable, that are local, and then making sure that we're not calling them yoga clothes. Right. Attire. Yeah. Just workout clothes. Because there's actually no
0: such thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, We've been duped.
1: <laughs> but I wanted to say, so yeah, Arundhati, she has a podcast herself, which is really great. I lo- I've loved listening to it. It's called Let's Talk Yoga. And she has a whole episode on cultural appropriation on there. Yeah. And the one of our our other faves, Susana Arkataki. Yes. She's the raddest.
0: Yeah. I love her reels, so great, <laughs> the pointing, yes. I'm dancing right
1: now, you, you can't see me, <laughs> but her like shoulder shrugging, yeah, <laughs> she's so great, check her out, yeah, they're, they're practicing Astea, they are embodying Ostea. yeah, they're leading the way and teaching totally. us how to do that, specifically as yoga facilitators, yeah, what does the Bible say,
0: Jazz? Where did we first hear about it? About which part? <laughs>
1: about stealing,
0: <laughs> about Aztea. Well, I don't know about you. I think one of the first things that comes to mind is when Adam and Eve decide to steal from or mm. take from, you know, this garden that they were, well, actually they were given free reign to have everything in the garden except for this one thing. And they decided to take the one thing that they were not supposed to have. What was the one thing, and what were they allowed to have? The fruit, the forbidden fruit. The forbidden fruit, but they <laughs> had so many other trees. Right, yeah, but you just, you can't let go not knowing about, you know, I gotta know, what is this about? Yeah, I just, I can't help but think about my kids and parenting
1: and how it's in our nature. Yes. Like the minute you say, don't do this, yes. don't go there, yes. that's where they're going, yeah. it's like straight to it yeah totally can why didn't God just say like mm. <laughs> like why didn't God just like kind of hide the tree over here right and just go like look at all you what you
0: have over here yeah like, all i of know right? a little bit
1: of a i camouflage. do feel like
0: god did that though do you remember the bible project video that we watched on the tree of life mm-hmm. it's like such a beautiful video but it talks about how it's really animated yeah beautiful. that's what you mean okay. yes the way god set up the garden was that to even get to the tree with the forbidden fruit Adam and Eve had to walk by all of the other fruits. Mm -hmm. So God's like, you got this tree and you got that tree. But they had their sights set on that one one tree that they were not supposed to take from. And they were on their way to the tree of life. Yeah,
1: totally. So it's like you would think like, man, I want to get to that tree of life. Right. What's that all about? Yeah. Versus did they know that the other tree was the tree of knowledge? What was it? The knowledge? Yeah. Knowledge of good and evil and then the tree of life. So, did they know this tree is the knowledge of good and evil? Or did God just go, you know, don't eat the, from this tree?
0: I can't tell you why. Right. And this is the thing is that God doesn't really tell them why. He just says, like, you know, if you eat of it, you will die, which obviously didn't immediately die. And so it's kind of hard. Actually, something that one of my students asked me, which blew my mind, was how can we. Expect Adam and Eve to even make the right decision if they had no context for good and evil. Right? Like, what does that even mean? When will eat of this will die? But I think it really comes full circle. At the more that we're talking about this, because when we steal, we're stealing from a scarcity, fear mindset. Right? Like, mm. I don't have enough. I got to know what this is. But like, full trust in God, which is what I think that Genesis situation comes down to, is. Yeah, they had no context, but they had literally everything they could ever need. And so it required the only thing that was required of them was trust. Yeah. And I, so, I mean, I was just gonna say I was I again, I'm thinking about being a parent. Yeah.
1: And that's what we do. So one of my philosophies is that I'm not gonna raise my kids and go, we don't do that. And then the whole the old phrase, um, you know, why not? because I told you so. Yeah. Like that's not going to be our thing. Uh-huh. It Like we're going to try to give as much context all the time. We always do. We always have. However, there's some times where like we give all the context yeah. and they still are not listening. And that is what I fall back on. And we just did this today and I'm like, you have to trust us. <laughs> like that's all we can say. It's yeah. just like, can you trust us? Like, yeah. can you trust that we love you so much and that we know what's best for you? in this moment yeah and can you just be patient yeah too yeah <laughs> like that's like it was just really funny I had to tell the story we were, <laughs> we were up hiking as a family and there's a couple no, like many streets down probably like two miles down there's a park that the kids like to play at right so they knew the train gonna, park the train park uh-huh. so we're gonna go on this beautiful hike we did it was lovely we go down to the car all we had to do is hop in the car and then drive to the train park like Five minutes. Mm-hmm. But Keanu, my second, wants to walk down. And he's like, I can just zoom, Mom. Like, look at my feet. And he's like, he's <laughs> like I'll just zoom right down there, you know? And Matt's, like, trying to say, then you're going to have to walk up. Like, we are not going to have as much time. It's actually further than you think. And he's, and I'm like, just get in the car. <laughs> We're going to take you to the train park. It's going to be faster. For Like, we know you're fast. Yeah. It was just, like, so wild. But,
0: like, can you just trust us? Yeah. And so, so, so it's, God like, saying, yeah like we can ask all the questions and we can ask all the whys but we get to a point where god is like just trust me Mm -hmm. and parents are like just trust me Mm -hmm. and that's like i'm taking you to the tree of life yeah just like sit tight Mm -hmm. like we'll get there all right i get you god
1: (laughs) i see i understand (laughs) okay so that's where we first see it happening
0: yeah, and then obviously we hear about non-stealing from the Ten Commandments and then um, And what did they mean all the way through? Why? Why did they have to even write that? Like you would think it's obvious. Right. You would think, except that what's the story behind the Ten Commandments? Well, God had just let his people out from the hand of the Egyptians because they were slaves to them. And God says, I'm establishing you as a new people. You're going to be my people. I'm gonna protect you and take care of you. I'm asking you that you trust me. Mm -hmm. So here are the guidelines. Because when other nations look at you, I want them to see, wow, look at this this group of people that's so different. Look at the way that they live Mm -hmm. and how appealing that looks to live in this harmonious way. So God lays out these guidelines. We know them as the 10 commandments, which are really like, there's so many commandments, but we focus on the 10. And one of them is do not steal. Mm -hmm. And obviously we can apply this to don't steal someone's food. Don't steal someone's possessions. Don't steal also people, because in the Old Testament, it was super common to steal all people you know when god also goes deeper into his law he says when you go to war you cannot steal women from the from the tribes that you overtake and so it's not just about stealing possessions it's also about stealing people and and not stealing people's integrity and yes. like their their value as image bearers. Uh, like, all
1: right, now I'm feeling a little bit shocked and it's really silly, because I'm like, oh, how barbaric. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I am like, let's pull back here. Yeah. It still happened yeah. uh, many years later. Totally. Our country
0: was founded on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our country was literally founded from stealing and plundering and murdering and just all of the terrible things. Um, stealing land from the original natives.
1: Yeah. Stealing uh, people from Africa and bringing them over here and yeah. making them slaves. Yeah. Literally. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what our country
1: was founded on. Yeah. It makes me sad. and does. A little sick. Though that brings us to our second point, which is not to steal from the earth. Yeah. And future generations. Yeah. So what does that look like? Well, protecting earth. There's this balance of... We are to take care of this land. Isn't that
0: what God tells Adam and Eve to do? It's the first commandment that Adam is given. Yeah, what is it? To keep, or better translated as, protect this earth.
1: Okay, so that's the first thing that he says to do. Yeah, which we're not doing a really great job at. No.
0: Oh, this makes me think of during COVID. Anyway. We know that the air was great. Oh yeah, it was the first time that, like, from my mom's. So my mom grew up in India, and. She lives at the top of this hill. And growing up, she says that in the mornings, you could see the Himalayas because it was so clear. Oh, my and, goodness. Because I nobody mean, was flying. Yeah. born driving. Pollution was not what it is. And they, she hasn't been able to see the Himalayas really since she left. Like, every time we've been back, we can't see them. But our cousins sent us pictures during COVID, in the middle of COVID, and they could see the Himalayas again from the house. It was so... Beautiful. That's so cool. That gives me like chills a little bit. Yeah. Like to imagine. I mean, first of all,
1: who gets to see the Himalayas? I know. <laughs> so I, know. I mean, I shouldn't complain. We live right by the foothills and they're really beautiful. Yeah. Um, but also that they can, they can see it because, yeah. because people were slowing down. Yeah. We were forced to slow down so we could take care of each other. Totally. So, so that's what it looks like to, to take care of our environment. Yeah. Even in the littlest ways. Like yeah. I get really excited about um recycling. Oh my gosh. Like I will open the trash can <laughs> and my husband and our roommate who happens to be your fiance, they will put like <laughs> things in the trash can that are supposed to go in the recycling oh bin. Oh my gosh,
0: my students do this all
1: the time. And so then I'll pick the other yeah. can. and I'll
0: move it into the <laughs> yeah. recycling bin.
1: Um, it's like a simple way to, yeah. to to like give back to the environment. Yeah totally or like instead of using paper towels using um reusable napkins yes you know stuff like that or there are so many different things that we can be doing yeah what are ways you do it
0: um i've been trying to be a lot more intentional in my plastic consumption Mm -hmm. and so i did a major purge recently of clothes and stuff in my room and i found a ton of old cds some of them I'm keeping, like Boys to Men Ballad Collection. <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> how could you get rid of that? Um, but so I googled how to recycle CDs, and apparently it takes like a hundred years for a CD case to break down. So, oh and my. I had like twenty of them. Oh my goodness! So there's companies that will take your CDs and recycle them and turn them into new things, including the case. And so what that requires is work for me because I have to. Put them into a certain package and pay for the shipping, you know, it takes a lot longer than just putting them in the trash but it takes intention and also I am fulfilling this call to protect the earth.
1: Yeah, you're making a difference.
0: Yeah, also I stopped buying tubeless toothpaste. I made my first order of the little bite toothpastes. Oh, I have not heard of this. Yeah, I'll let you know how they work out.
1: Okay, cool, I, I, I wanna acknowledge you because you do go out of your way to figure out these kinds of things, like the whole <laughs> clothes thing.
0: Oh yeah. you You give your clothes to companies that will reuse the clothes. Yeah. Yes, when I'm cleaning out my clothes, the clothes that are still in good condition, I donate to Goodwill or stores like that. Mm-hmm. But then the clothes that I can't use anymore, I'll bag them up and take them to H and M. You can take your old tennis shoes to Nike, and they'll recycle them into um, track material. Ooh, yeah. so cool! Yeah, and I think being intentional about the products that we buy and like the companies that we support, mm-hmm. like. So many leggings end up in a landfill, mm-hmm. and they will take forever to break down. So buying from companies that make their leggings from recycled water bottles, or you know, like at least partially from recycled water bottles, it costs extra money, but it is a step in the right direction, and it's also helps me buy less because I'm spending more money on like one pair of an intentionally made leggings mm-hmm. that I'm not buying cheap leggings anymore that I don't need.
1: Yeah, that's so great. Obviously, like you said, sometimes it costs more money. So you have to put out, like when I we had Kenji, we didn't use diapers, we oh, used reusable diapers. My friends did that too. And so we had to put out initially like more money, but we actually ended up saving money in the long run. Right. Which made a huge difference too. Yeah. Cool so those are just a few examples yeah i'm sure people have their own creative ways of how they can practice taking care of the earth yeah on the one hand there's so much work to be done but then there are so many people that are doing the work yeah and totally. that gives us hope yeah and that's what we have to remember totally uh
0: spreading truth yes and then also hope yeah as well totally so if deborah adele is talking about not stealing from future generations what does that look like? Well,
1: I love, in Proverbs, it talks about leaving an inheritance to our grandchildren. Grandchildren? I know. To, like, we think about, like, having kids, but we forget, like, and then our kids are going to have kids. So, thinking about the future generations that are coming from us. Right. You know, so the inheritance, of course, initially I thought, like, an earthly inheritance. However, the Bible talks about also a spiritual inheritance. Mm. So what does that look like? So for for me, it would be sharing these principles and talking about what and how Jesus lived with my kiddos, so that they're, um, you know, they're not just walking aimlessly through this life thinking that it's all about them mm-hmm. and what can they, how can they get the most out of it, but that they're, they're walking and growing up with the lens of how do I give back mm-hmm. to this earth and to other people totally you know how to practice kindness and compassion how to be serve, especially those who are underserved yeah so I think that's the way that I'm trying to at least yeah
0: that's awesome what about you what about me what are you gonna have grandchildren <laughs> I will have grand dog children <laughs> well, you have a lot of students
1: yeah I do have a lot of students yeah so you're doing mm-hmm. this too how do you do it with your students
0: you're you're a math teacher and a Bible teacher, yes. Well, in math, I tried to make things useful. So teaching kids, they will probably forget by the time they actually have to do any of this stuff. But teaching them about credit and credit cards and how to be responsible with money—that is huge. And like, what a how you even use equations to make a budget, right? So passing down that, and then um, in Bible class. I'm trying to pass on kind of like what you're doing with your kids is creating a new generation of the church that is actually concerned with other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do that? I challenge everything that they already know and make them so uncomfortable that they just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> just question. Which is sometimes what ends up happening. It's It takes so much time to get to our root of why do we do this and why and so being patient and honoring kids value and refusing to take the easy way out which is oh you'll learn about this when you're older and like answering their questions now oh my gosh my kids ask the m- most difficult questions
1: mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a really good question. Let me think about that for a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. And so it's it's just incredible, the questions that they have. Yeah. It really keeps us on our toes and helps us to get curious.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's so important is reminding kids through their faith lives, through their life, that it's Good to ask questions, and like, there's no bad question, especially when it comes to our faith and what we believe. Right, and it's not even our faith; like everything, everything. I teach my, I tell my kids, ask away.
1: Yeah, like always, question. Yeah, and sometimes it bites me in the butt. Yeah, I I can't imagine. But it's like, yeah, I don't want you to just take anything for for face value and just believe it. Like, I want them to explore. Yeah, because I was the opposite. I was just like, this is what. You know, this is how it is. This right. is what we do, yeah. and just keep your yourself like on the path. Don't swerve yeah. to the left or to
0: the right. You know, right. Stay on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great job. We'll see, <laughs> see in twenty years.
1: <laughs> um, I love thinking about As Taya as not stealing time.
0: Hmm. Stealing time. Yeah. It's interesting. I was just teaching my kids that we were just talking about absolute value and how you can't have negative distance, just like you can't have negative time. So, what does it mean to steal time?
1: Well, how I was thinking it (laughs) was (laughs) when we steal from our present time and what's in front of us when we're in our head and we're either in the past or we're in the future. Okay. So what I mean by stealing time is exactly that. When we let our mind just totally take over and then we're no longer in the present. So we're stealing time. And not only for ourselves and what we're experiencing and the beauty around us, but also if if I'm with you and we're having a conversation and you're just in the past or the future, you're stealing my time. Right. So that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Does that that resonate? Yeah. I just hadn't thought about that. Don't steal time. Okay, so worrying about... Basically, so not being in the present moment yeah, is what you're saying. But also just treading lightly with that because it's not like we're always meant to
1: be in the present moment. Right. I think it's more when we're attaching, attaching to tomorrow. So, for example, Matthew 6.34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So this is when Jesus is telling... All the people, like, think about the birds. They don't worry about if their food's going to come and the grass is being clothed. Um, Let's just focus on right now. Can we just trust? Mm. So that's how I I view it. And that helps me kind of get back to that
0: trust again. Yeah, that makes sense. That's such a hard passage. Every time I read it, I'm like, (laughs) are you sure, Jesus? Because I need things. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, do, do I trust enough to not worry about tomorrow? Well, when do you worry the most? Sunday nights.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> nighttime. And so you're, like, ruminating and you're observing yeah. your thoughts. Yep. And That's this passage really does come up for me. And I'll be mm-hmm. like, all right, we don't know if tomorrow's happening. Totally. You know, it is easier said than done. Yeah. But if you can just, like, pause, take a moment, come back to your breath. That's why the tools of yoga are so great. Because you're right. This is a dangerous – there's a dangerous line here where we spiritually bypass. Right. Where we just go, okay, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't right. worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. And we're not really considering, like, okay, we are humans. And we – It's many times it's rooted in fear. Right. And we're designed to survive. Mm-hmm. So our lizard brain is going – what are we going to do? we got to take care of ourselves. we got to survive. So can we find that balance of understanding that, oh, this is my human experience, and it's okay for me to worry. And also, I can bring in this trust and this faith that something yeah. bigger is going to provide for me.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: So it's so a they- fine line. Fine line. <laughs>
0: fine line. Doing both. What are other ways that you think that we still I think we steal from people's experiences. And this is something that I've had to work really hard at doing is, well, two things. One is not one-upping people and being like, oh, yeah, I hate when that happens. Or like, oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. It's mm-hmm. so hard. And it's not even because I'm trying to one-up people. I'm, like, in my mind, like, that's how I relate. Yeah. But it's helpful. I'm guilty not of helpful, that, too. But it's not helpful. Um I just did it to you. <laughs>
1: no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I said I am too. I do that too. Oh. <laughs>
0: <no>. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> but also spiritual bypassing, which is something that I've had to really work on these last couple of years.
1: Yeah, so can you elaborate on your perspective of spiritual bypassing and how
0: you've experienced it? Yeah. So Growing up, I don't know about you, but I was kind of given this idea that if you have Jesus in your life, then you should be happy all the time. And so there's not a lot of other room for like other emotions and other experiences that are not happy. Yeah. So I there's this song,
1: and it comes like the little song. The songs from when we we're kids come out, and I get excited to teach my kids. And then I'll go, oh, my gosh, that's not what I want to teach them. Here's one. Inside, outside, upside, oh, downside, yeah. happy all yeah. the time. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, no, I don't want them to think that they have to be yeah, happy all the time. Totally. No wonder why I thought I had to be happy uh, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Because we were singing that song all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's a big one. And there. then even, and I still am unlearning this, especially with, like, your being with your kids has helped me to intentionally practice this is is not saying like it's okay when someone's upset you know mm-hmm. like when your kids are crying and I do this because I was consoled this way, like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Instead, being like, yeah, that, like, really hurt, huh? Mm-hmm. And that really sucks when your brother doesn't help you clean up, huh? Yeah. And so being intentional. Difference. Yeah, about that. Because even growing up, you know, when people would be like, it's okay. You just, you'd want to be like, it's not okay. It's not. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the chemical romance song, like, over <laughs> and over.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah. That's a big one. And that's what I've, I'm so, again, grateful for parenting. And, I, and it, it always makes me think of how God looks at us. Yeah. So God tells us to wrestle. Yeah. I mean, David wrestled with
0: God. Yeah. With his emotions. Yeah. And so allowing ourselves that space to totally. feel. I think also along the same lines is, so not spiritual bypassing ourselves or, not spiritual bypassing other people, mm-hmm. or maybe you know discounting other people, and I know like again, something else I've been working on is because I'm very goal and checklist oriented It's hard for me at work to be a part of a normal conversation mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay. I got things to do. Like, you got things to do. Like, why can't we just do the things, you know? You mean, like, you'll stop the conversation to go do what you're having to do? No, like, I want to do that. Oh, okay, so you quit the small talk? Yeah. And, like, let's get
1: down to business. Yes. Uh, yeah. I see.
0: But allowing space for when my coworker wants or needs to vent about, you know, like, a struggle that she's having. Um, and just allowing her to, to be open about that experience. Holding space for her. That's a big
1: one. Yeah. Especially when you don't think you got time for it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I never have time for
1: it. (laughs) We had to reframe. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this reminds me of, in Buddhist philosophy, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, he talks about all time being me time. Hmm. And so... If we can look at our time that way, it changes everything. Yeah. So instead of me going like, oh, I've got my work time, I've got my kids time, I've got house cleaning time, how can I look at all of it as me time? Yeah. And how different of an experience you can have. Yeah. So even that time sitting with your coworker, mm-hmm. that could be you time too. Oh, interesting. Isn't that nice? That is nice. And like it just gives you that space to to even like take To move away from, like, your to-do list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Seeing it as an opportunity Mm -hmm. rather than, like, a burden. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. I think we can all
0: work on that. Definitely. Especially, again, me as a parent, too. See, I don't even have to have kids because I'm learning through your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's, like, literally, like,
1: stopping. I I have to stop what I'm doing. Uh And then I will get down and go to their level and be eye to eye and be like, okay, what do you need? You know? Yeah. And how nice it would be for, like, other people to treat us that way. Yeah. Too. Totally. A big one is putting our phones down. Yes. Like, talking to somebody and then their phone, they're, like, on their phone. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. That's a great one. Not stealing from other people's experiences. Not stealing from their just present reality. Totally. What about stealing from self? How
0: do we do that? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is degrading or judging ourselves too harshly. Hmm. Low yeah. self-esteem. Yeah. What comparison. Yeah. Comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt. Right. I don't
1: know. Is it? I thought it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that one always comes to my mind. Yeah.
0: It's like okay, this I'm stealing my joy when I do this. Yeah. I think maybe also and this is probably the same for you because we're both like this Mm -hmm. that we're doers and we're people pleasers and so allowing our identity to be rooted in our accomplishments Mm -hmm. and how much of our checklist we've gotten done yeah it's probably stealing from what we have already done right or even just stealing from
1: like the people pleasing side Mm -hmm. is like We are never doing enough to please people. Right. We'll never please everybody. It's impossible. Uh And so then we're also stealing from that role that God is supposed to be playing. Oh, yeah. You know? Wow. This, like, idea of not being enough Mm -hmm. stealing from ourselves. Yeah. I have some major not-enoughness syndrome. Same. It always falls back to that. It's like the scarcity thing, like you said. It comes back to fear. Mm Mm-hmm. I did this yoga nidra session today. So yoga nidra is a, it means yogic sleep. Mm -hmm. And so you can do like one of my favorites is only 13 minutes. Mm. Um, But they say that 45 minutes is equivalent to three hours of sleep. Whoa. Yeah. So it's a guided meditation, but it's more than that because there's a body scan. There's an intention setting called the Sankalpa, which means to make a vow Mm -hmm. and, um, And then you go on this guided journey. And in the past, I used to like completely fall asleep. I never got to the journey. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I ever took a class with people and they'd be like, oh my gosh, like what, what was in your backpack? What did you unpack? And be like, what backpack?
0: Ah,
1: (laughs) But if you fall asleep, it's okay because your body is so tired. And so anyways, now these days I actually can be awake. You know, you're really in your subconscious. And so it's such a beautiful practice. Um, and it really just like gives so much prana back to my body and my brain when I, wow. when I wake up. And so the Sankalpa in this session was about being whole and complete as we are. Oh. And I just love that yeah. so much. Just can we be reminded of we are whole and complete as we are. I love that. So many cool
0: practices that yoga philosophy has that always amplifies our faith. How can we take this practice of non-stealing even further into our heart space? Well,
1: thinking about it doesn't stop at not stealing because somebody could say, well, I don't steal. So I'm good on that. Right. You know, like checklist. Done. Done there. But it's not stealing. That's not where we stop. That's never where we stop. It's always like, it reminds me of the Pharisees always asking Jesus, okay, like, How good is enough? Right. You know, like what can Uh, we get away with? Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Where it's like, no, no, no. Let's go back to our heart posture. Yes. And what are you giving? Yeah. Um, Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the
0: first of all your produce. Mm. So the first. Yeah. The practice of the, I mean, we see that everywhere in scripture. Where else do we see it? With Cain and Abel. Like, with each of them bringing their first offerings to God, right? Mm-hmm. But Abel brought, like, better first offerings because he brought, like, the fat of the meat. And oh, that's the yummy stuff. Yeah. He brought, like, the good stuff. Uh-huh. Whereas Cain also brought his first offerings, but it was fruit, which was still acceptable. But it was just that Abel's offering was really, like, fullness and represented real abundance and yet sacrifice a little yeah. bit yeah yeah okay
1: and yet he gave it back to God where it's like Cain still probably had his lamb and was like I'm right. good with that but yeah. I'll give this
0: yeah I can do away with this <laughs> yeah, but totally. I can't do away with that
1: yeah yeah uh, it also talks about it a bunch of times in Deuteronomy and Exodus right of like when you're gathering from the field
0: like keep the edges yeah gleaming Okay, what is that? So the practice of gleaning was when, yeah, you would harvest a field, you would leave the edges so that immigrants could come and take from the non-picked edges so that they would have food to eat too and they would be provided for. This is actually like how Ruth finds redemption in her story. Can you elaborate? Oh yeah, so Ruth stuck with her... Um, her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. And they, which since none of them had a husband, I mean, really, that was a death sentence because they have no aid to provide for themselves. But because Boaz did what God commanded, which was allowing the, which was not picking the edges of the Gleaning. harvest. Yeah. Okay. Allowing Ruth to glean and take what they needed. Um, Yeah, she was able to feed her and her mother-in-law. This is crazy. I never, I'm just having this like
1: huge aha moment. It's not like, I mean, we still struggle with this today. Women are not, you know, paid enough. And yeah. I mean, last year alone, they are calling it a, a mom session because yeah. out of the 800,000 people who had lost jobs, 600,000 were oh women. My gosh. Isn't that ridiculous? That's crazy. So way back then though, it was even worse. So like mm-hmm. women really did not work. Yeah. So the, the Bible talks about the widow over and over and over again. Yeah, totally. And the foreigner. Yeah. Which is the immigrant. Yeah. And the orphan, the orphan, the fatherless, yeah. And so that was the easiest way was like glee, not only like doing the gleaning, but also like go go gather it yourself and give it to them. Yeah, totally. Where did this get lost in translation? <laughs> <laughs> I think that people really focus on, which I, I bet we'll have another talk about, is like tithing and yeah. tithing the ten percent to the church. Yeah. But we have to remember the church is not just the walls. Right. The church is all of God's people. Yeah. The church was never meant to be walls. So it's that's what we're supposed to be giving our first fruits to. Yeah. Oh man, I love how Deborah Adele says. Imagine if every time you took something, you gave something back. Mm,
0: that's hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's so
0: hard. I mean, it's like every yeah. time you buy
1: food, like, are we?
0: What like, can we? Who can we buy food for too? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I actually had a practice of that last year. That was my practice for my 30th year of life, was if I was buying something that I didn't absolutely need, I had to buy another of that item to give away.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. So much.
0: And it, like, it really created a discipline in me because I'm like, okay, do I want this (laughs) enough to buy two? (laughs) You know? Yeah. But. Oh, gosh, that's so
1: huge. And it makes me think one of my friends, dear, dear friends, her name is Jenna. You know Jenna. Yeah. And she really, like, opened my eyes to, like, of course it's great to donate, but, like, we should also be. She would like teaching our kids that we don't just give other kids our leftover toys, yeah. that we get them brand new toys Yeah, too. totally. And so we did that. It's yeah. just like, can we also go grab brand new things to give away? Yeah. That's what I was doing with clothes. I love that. Yeah. So, so cool. But not everybody loves that. No. A lot of people are attached to it. Yeah. And it would make them sad.
0: Yeah, just like the man in Luke... What is it, Luke 19, mm-hmm. who he's like, okay, Jesus, I followed all the rules. What do I need to do to be your disciple? And Jesus says, great. Now go sell all of your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. He says, Easy give piece. away
1: all of your possessions
0: and give them to the poor and follow yeah. me. Yeah. And what does the man do? He literally says he walked away sad. <laughs> he didn't do it no, he didn't do it because he had too many possessions yeah, because he like that was what his his value and his worth was in. gosh. Yeah. so it's not even that you know, and I think that comes back to what you just said, is that it's not just about not stealing. Jesus says, "Okay, great, you've done these things, but can you take it a step further mm-hmm. so that you're actually serving as well? That's huge,
1: yeah. So Deborah Adele finishes with, Aztea calls us to live with integrity and reciprocity. Mm,
0: yes. Non-stealing and giving. Yes. So what's our challenge this week? Well, maybe one challenge could be simply noticing how many times we bring a conversation back to ourselves. hmm Or maybe how many times we (laughs) one-up someone this week. So how can we hold
1: space and have a little bit more active listening? Yeah. Awesome. And then maybe also praying about some way that we can give to somebody. Being open to whoever needs something. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was
0: fun. Yay. Thanks, Jazz. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. So may we all be open to new ways of seeing ourselves the world, and our faith. Peace out. Peace out.